You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Sunday, June 13th. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. This episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. This is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins. Recording Sunday night, you're listening probably Monday or later, definitely Monday or later because this is posting uh, early Monday morning. I'm recording after the Twins lost to the Houston Astros 14-3. to The Texans beat the Vikings 14-3 to uh, Sunday. And uh, the Twins lost the series. And I think, um, you know, after a couple really fun wins last week, super fun uh, Friday nights, or Thursday nights victory, rather, was, was, uh, was really a joy. And it was one of the best moments, I think the best moment I've ever witnessed at Target Field, walking off a roll this Chapman that way. And then just a great win on Saturday. Just a really, really great start from Jose Barrios. Just two solo home runs there at the end. Um, great defense, clutch hits, Jorge Polanco, uh, pitching staff, the bullpen, everything was just on point. And I tweeted out after this game, you can follow me on Twitter, at NashWalker9, that is the team we signed up for, the team we saw Saturday. And that's the the best game I've seen them play all year as a collective unit. Uh, given the opponent, given you know how the game ended Friday night with Matt Shoemaker coming into that game, we'll talk about that decision today by Rocco Baldelli. But given all those those factors, Houston having the best offense in baseball, for Barrios to do that, for the defense to really show up in a big way, for the Twins to get some clutch hits with two outs when they needed it, from Polanco mostly, but Ben Rortvet too, and Miguel Sano off the wall as well, uh, I thought really made it the Twins' best game of the season or one of their best games they've played all year. And that's, I mean, certainly in the last stretch of games, the best game overall for nine innings that they played. Um, and sandwiched between two games that I thought Friday's game was winnable. It was tight. You know, Bailey Ober was great. We'll talk about Ober today as well. But that decision, Rocco Baldelli goes to Matt Shoemaker for the eighth and the ninth inning instead of uh, leaving Raj in there to get some extra outs. He got one out to get Jordan Alvarez. And Rocco's, you know, his um, conversation or his reasoning was that he was they had to cover too many innings in the bullpen. And they were thinking about Saturday's game, about how many high leverage guys they would have. Listen, here. I don't think bringing Shoemaker into a tie game in the ninth innings, obviously that's not it. That doesn't look good. But it's all going to revolve to me around the Twins' inability this offseason to put together a bullpen uh, that has effective arms. You know, you so much of what happened was because the Twins can't use Alexander Coleman in high-leverage situations. He was supposed to be the high-leverage guy with Rodgers and with Duffy. I mean, Robles was supposed to be more of your seventh inning guy. And Robles has been pretty good, not great, but he's been thrust into high leverage. Uh, he did a good job Saturday. But they didn't want to go to Robles there because they wouldn't have Robles available Saturday. 
and they just don't have enough. They don't have the personnel. You know, they they can't use Colome there, and they were supposed to use Colome in a situation exactly like that. Would he have gone to Robles in the tenth? I think so. Probably if the game had gotten there. You know, he's thinking about having ten innings of coverage. I thought it was a really really uh, conservative move to make certainly and a conservative move for a team that really needs wins and needs series wins. But I mean, he's going to make those calls. He's going to make those, those, I guess, level-headed decisions per se uh, in the moment. And it wasn't a great one. I didn't, uh, I didn't necessarily agree with that. I mean, I think Robles should have come into that game, but it does for it, for me, it just boils down to the inability to use Colome in that spot and how bad he's been and how many games he's blown for them. And the ripple effects of that, not having Cody Stashak, not having Caleb Thielbar to face Jordan Alvarez instead of Rodgers there in the seventh. I mean, all of those things kind of just uh, piggyback each other and they just they come together to give you the result of having Matt Shoemaker in the ninth inning. Also, how bad Matt Shoemaker's been. I think you look back at this Twins offseason and, and it's really going to be defining for me for the whole season of how bad each of these signings has worked out. I mean, it's on a scale and not all of them are the same. You put into the absolutely horrific category, Shoemaker, Colome. You put into the pretty bad category in Jay Happ. I would say Andrelton Simmons is at the top half of that. He's made some some crippling errors in the field as well, weird bobbling errors that you just don't see from him. Also, he's not hitting very well. Knew he wasn't a great hitter, but even less so uh, you know, as a hitter. And you just look around. I mean, you look at these signings, Colome, Happ, Shoemaker, Simmons, Robles, I guess Robles has been a positive for them. But overall, how much have they given you? How much has that group given you? They're not doing their job. They're not doing their job, and they haven't done their job. Uh, and frankly, the front office, I guess, didn't do their job either, uh, you know, putting together an offseason that would produce the best product. Uh, clearly, I mean, it's hard. I've lost trust with the decision-making process. You have to when the results are the way that they've been, the Twins in, in a hole that is now insurmountable. They're 15 games back in the American League Central. This thing's over on June 13th, and it's it's hard to believe. There's a lot of things to look forward to, uh, I think, and that's going to be my goal here in the next couple months. I, I do plenty of complaining. I do plenty of, um, you know, talking about the disappointment. I was at the game today. Just very few things you stood up and cheered for, but one of them was Ryan Jeffers hitting a home run, and he's part of that bright future for the Twins that we're going to talk about today and talk about so much over the next few months because, uh, you know, it's it, it might suck right now, but that doesn't mean that it's going to suck next year. That doesn't mean that it's going to suck in two years or three years that the Twins can't bounce back from this in a in a meaningful way. You saw how they bounced back in 2019, weren't expected to do so. Uh, they bounced back from a disappointing 2018 campaign and got some huge performances uh, and really broke out. It, it can happen, and we're going to talk about how it can happen in the next couple months and into this offseason. But it is important, too, to just sit in it and realize what has happened and talk about what's happened. Um, let's discuss that future. Let's talk about the saddest part of all of this, uh, unfortunately, all this losing after the break. Stonks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. 
Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. So Bailey Ober was great, I thought, Friday night. I thought that was brilliant to have him start instead of Shoemaker. I mean, it's not like a very difficult decision. Shoemaker probably shouldn't be on the team anymore. But I thought starting Ober, just to kind of shift in that direction, I think I would love to see. Now Kenta Maeda's back tomorrow, going to start against Seattle. It sounds like Buxton and Arise are probably going to be with them. The team's going to get healthy, and they're going to play better baseball. That's not what this is about. I think the Twins are good enough when they're healthy, You know, when they're mostly healthy to be competitive. I mean, we thought they were coming into the year, and I, I still think that they are uh, when healthy and when guys are doing their job or are, are playing like they should. But the problem is that you're, they're so deep in this. Like, if they were just treading water, I was just saying this to my parents, if they were just treading water uh, and, like, staying around 500, they'd be able to bounce back from this. But because they've dug such a hole, they just don't have the time and they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have the wherewithal, honestly, to, to come back from that. You know, it's just, it's it's not really a doable thing but they're gonna play better baseball I guarantee I mean they got Seattle they got Texas um you know they got Cincinnati Cleveland coming up no one that's overly scary Cincinnati is a great offense but if you can get Maeda back healthy and right I know Pineda's gonna go on the aisle now which sucks I mean forearm tightness it just keeps getting worse for the twins I mean it's just it keeps getting worse but if you can get Maeda back and effective at least a little bit close to what he was even before 2020 I mean the years with LA combined where he's just at least a number two or number three that's going to stabilize the rotation in a big way and and you get Bailey over now who I think is very intriguing the way that he pitched against Houston you know you can tell that the 94 looks a lot like 98 to these guys because he is so big and long and I think it's important that's why I think Michael Pineda has a lot of success to or has in his career he, he does have great command <clears throat> excuse me Pineda and, and Ober does as well but because Big Mike is is large he and he's tall he is like that imposing presence on the mound and ober is like an extreme of that six foot nine just huge i mean he's huge the question with ober is like his changeup looks great his curveball looks his slider looks great and his fastball he can he can spot it up wherever he wants couple things he probably throws too many strikes you know i think they're going to work with him throw more balls out of the zone to try to get chases and will he get those chases throws too many strikes he's going to give out too many homers even if he you know the 92 looks more like 95 it's still 92 and and big league hitters will catch up to that and good big big league hitters will ambush that so that's going to be a thing for him but I mean really promising really promising and it's not a surprise because Ober's numbers in the minors are are crazy good like he is He's been effective all the way through. I mean, I remember looking at his numbers after 2019, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy's a beast. You know, he must throw 98. He's six foot nine. No, he throws 92, but great command of, of three pitches, and he knows how to get outs. And I think he's someone the Twins want to see, and he's certainly someone I want to see for the rest of the year in the rotation to see if they can slot him in next year. That would be so big for the Twins if they could slot Bailey Ober in here 
for the next handful of years. And I think that's what you're going to start to see. And that's part of what I'm so optimistic about. Yoandaran, I'm super high on. I think he's going to be, uh, if not a frontline starter potential, has frontline starter potential. But I think he he will be really, really solid for the Twins. I think he'll have huge strikeout numbers. Uh, I think he's going to have dominating starts. Whether he like remains consistent, that's his ceiling. Like If he can be consistently dominant. But he has dominant stuff. The command will, will come and go with the off-speed stuff. But I think Duran... There's plenty of reason just to be excited about Duran, period. And then you start looking at Josh Winder. You start looking at Jordan Balazovic, and there's really reason to be optimistic about the arms that are coming. Um, and the position players, too. I mean, the guys that that are here in the majors, and Larnick, who's looked great, and Kirilov, who you know previously looked great before the, the wrist and, and has hit the ball hard again. He gets robbed of hits every night. But these guys look promising. They look like winning ball players. They look like part of the next winning Twins core. And so I think this can be a quick uh, retool on the fly, if you will, of finding out in this summer, in the next couple of months, who can you slot in next year? Who's going to help you? And part of that, I think, is is I want to see the rotation here as we get closer to the trade online and, and the Twins sell, you know, J-Hap and Pineda and Shoemaker. I, I think Shoemaker might, you know, not even make it there, to there. It might be DFA'd before the deadline. But that's what it's that's what's going to be interesting for me. Once we get close to there and, and these guys are sold off, I want the rotation to be Maeda, Barrios, Ober, Yohan Duran, and then I want to see like maybe get aggressive with Josh Winder who's dominated double A. I think he needs to move up to triple A. And I think you need to get looks at all these guys. Um, Charlie Barnes is another guy, not a top prospect, but had great numbers in St. Paul. He had a tough start today, so those numbers are, are sapped a little bit. But there's no benefit to having Jay Happ in the rotation anymore. If he's, you know, there's more potential of a blow up with a prospect or whatever. But if if a blow up from a prospect is going to teach you a blow up and you lose is going to teach you that he can't help you in the future, that you don't feel, um, you know, like that stuff will play at the big league level for you next year, or the year after. That's worth it in a year like this, and that's that's what losing teams will go through. You know, they're trying to find out who's a part of the next core. I think the Twins have found a lot of those guys just by going through this, and I think it's going to help Trevor Larnick. It's going to help Alex Kirloff. It's going to help Bailey over Ryan Jeffers go through this together as well and go through this patch of losing, and I think that's going to help them. I mean, you see it with rebuilding clubs all the time, and then it's so much sweeter when they come up and they win together. But I think that's that's going to be such a focus for me is that the the next wave and finding out who who can help you, you know, finding out who's going to be uh, helping you in 2022. Let's talk about Jose Barrios, his start, and uh, what it means as we uh, approach the trade deadline because I think he'll be the number one name. I think he's going to be the guy we're talking about all the way leaning up. So I'll give an update on that uh, after the break. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar has 12 original flavors, but they've added six new flavors as well. And these improved Built Bars are even deliciouser. Plus, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, full of protein, full of fiber, and great for a keto diet. And the peanut butter bar, only five grams of net carbs for a type one diabetic like me. That is huge. Plus, right now, Bilt Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch, so listen closely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you also get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. My favorite flavors include the coconut almond, the peanut butter, the banana bread. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BiltBar.com. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball are all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline's your online sportsbook experts. With Major League Baseball, there's action every single day. Use that promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% off on your first deposit or 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Excuse me. Thank you, BetOnline, for sponsoring Locked On and for sponsoring Locked On Twins. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert, the fastest and easiest way. Use promo code Locked On. Brios was fantastic. I mean, I thought he was fantastic Saturday night. I thought he uh, he was wheeling and dealing. His changeup looked great. When Brios' changeup is on, and he got a bunch of calls, Rortvet did a great great job behind the plate. I think your future platoon catching duos, Jeffers and Rortvet, and Rort had a big hit too, a big double. He did. He was a phenomenal. He did a phenomenal job framing last night. But Jose, when his changeups on, he's really tough to beat because lefties will get him. You saw it, Kyle Tucker, um, Robo Garcia going back to back lefties. They'll get him, and they'll get him when his changeup when he when he can't beat him with that changeup. Um, great against right-handed hitters, I know, and and lefties have beaten him up because sometimes he just doesn't have the command of that changeup, and they're sitting on that curveball or the fastball and. Um, he gets beat by lefties, dominant against righties as he should be uh, Saturday. I mean, he th- I just thought he was great. I thought he did a, a really, really nice job. And he's been the Twins' best starter this year, certainly. And I think the question I was thinking about today is, like, he's your best starter and he's under control for next year. Why would you trade your best starter that's under control for next year? Or like, you're one guy that you can really rely on. And the answer would be, well, because he's the only guy you can rely on, right? I mean, if you if you can only rely on Barrios um, – why would you just? Why wouldn't you trade him and and retool? I think Jose Barrios needs to be a part of the Twins' next core. I think he needs to be one of the holdovers. There's going to be a lot of guys that aren't. You know, you're going to see Miguel Sano. I, I don't think that Miguel Sano will resign with the Twins in a couple of years, or even if he makes it through the offseason. I think um, you know other core players will not be here. I I don't I don't know if Byron Buxton will get extended. Like I I don't know if that will happen. I think Barrios though is a guy that you want to carry over because a super important part for me is that he's so durable. You know, he's he's super durable. And you're durable until you're not, right? I mean, you could see the Twins signing him to a big five-year extension and then he starts uh, going through, like, periods of injury. But he's so durable. Uh, if You know, I'm, I'm, I'm logical about Jose Brios. I realize that Jose Brios is not an ace. He's not. But I also realize that Jose Brios is a rock-solid number two who's so fun to watch. We'll put butts in the seats. You'll make your money back on Jose Brios because people want to come watch him pitch. He's electric, he's a competitor, and he's a guy you need on your team. Uh, and I think that's why the Twins should should sign Jose Brios. I think they should extend him. And this doesn't mean, again, that I think Jose Brios is some ace or that I even think he will become an ace. I see him for what he is. He's a, a really good number two or three who from time to time will give you that just gem of a start. I know he has the inconsistencies from even inning to inning, batter to batter, but he, for all the reasons I mentioned, the electricity, the competitiveness, his relationship already with guys, I think he can be a leader for the rotation uh, as he gets older here, and I think he he's an important part of this club. I mean, he's not someone that you want to see go. 
I hope the Twins realize that, and I hope you know they come to the forefront. And I saw Darren Wilson tweeting about this today, so I, I thought I would comment on it. But he tweeted that McCullers got five five years, eighty five million extension. Uh, Zach Wheeler, I think, got six for one twenty five or whatever. Yes, I mean, I think if Jose Brios came to the Twins and said, "I want five years and a hundred million," I think you do it. I mean, you buy out that next year and you get four. You know, that might be five year extension off of next year because they have him under control. You can also wait. I mean, you don't have to do it, but the odds of him uh, not testing free agency in that case are, are slim. I already think that's slim. But if you pay him what he wants and you pay him what others like him have gotten paid, and he might say, I think I'm an ace, and, and it'll just never happen. It hasn't happened to this point. The Twins have tried to extend him, and he's uh, turned down their offers. You know, I think because there's that flip side, because he's such a competitor, because he's so electric, because he has so much confidence and ability and faith and talent, he also believes that he thinks he'll make, take the next step. And he's giving himself time to do that before he really gets his big payday in free agency. And I can't blame him for that. But that's part of his personality. You know, part of his his bulldog mentality of, I think he wants to get to free agency. I think he wants to see what he is when he gets there. I think he believes that he's still growing. And he very well might be. And that would make it all the better. I mean, if the Twins signed him to an extension, he took that next step forward. He has the talent. You know, he has the mindset. He has the ability. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen that step, but I see him for what he is. I see him as a really solid number two, and then you just add in all those intangibles, and I think those are, are really important. I mean, I think those things are, are deal breakers of whether you decide to give a guy $100 million or not. It's not my money, um, but I think if the Twins want to remain competitive, if the Twins want to build their rotation around someone, you build it around Barrios. You lock him in. You got him and Maeda together here for the next handful of years. You can funnel in Duran. You funnel in Winder. You can make some signings, and all of a sudden, bang, you got a good rotation again. But he's your building block in my eyes. I think he's the guy that you want to build around. And I think it also like it, it solidifies to him and it solidifies to guys that are currently on the team and to free agents. Like the Twins are in this for the long run. You know, they signed Barrios to a five year extension. They are committing to five years of being competitive. You know, that's that's what this is. That's that's committing to competing. And I think that that says a lot to Jose. I think it says a lot to the guys on the roster. And I, again, I think it says a lot to free agents I just, and to fans. I mean, it says a lot to fans too of we're going to go for it. You know, we're going to try to win. We want to win. And we might go through a little retool this offseason, but we're going to extend Jose. You know, we're going to potentially extend Byron Buxton. Um, you know, we're going to funnel in these new guys. We're going to make some good free agent signings and have a better offseason and try to come back in 22 and 23 and be better. But it's just a message that's sent. And for all those reasons, I yes, I mean, it's again, I'm not signing the check. And I think if I looked at the payroll books, it, it it's going to cripple you in some ways, much like the Donaldson contract cripples you in some ways. And then you got two $20 million players on the books. It's not ideal, but fans are back in the stands. You know, the Twins have spent here in the last couple of years among the league, league average. I think you can afford to, I mean, you look at the Dodgers and people are always like, well, the Dodgers develop, develop, develop. They also extend those guys a lot of the time. They're able to extend those guys um, and also make those moves that make their team elite. But they'll extend those guys. They have the means to do it. I think they'll extend Corey Seager this offseason, for example, when he tests for agency. I, I think the Twins have the means to do it. And I think they should. And it's easy for me to say, but I, I just I think that, and I'll break this down more in the future, for all those reasons, for sending a message, for committing to him, for committing to competing and committing to his growth and his leadership, 
I think would would uh, would be the wise choice here for the Twins. We'll talk about this Seattle series. Can't wait. Uh, looking forward to watching Maeda back on the mound. Looking forward to seeing Buxton back on the field. For for no other reason, I mean Jose Brios and Byron Buxton are just worth watching. Just the, they're worth the price of admission. Um, and Jose certainly was Saturday. I think Buckwell, when he comes back too, always at 100%, uh, you know, going for it. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day. Go Twins. And we will talk uh, Tuesday. You'll have a recap on, on Tuesday. Talk to you then.